When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. And we're experiencing a post-Independence Day malaise today. Yeah, I'm like sort of hungover. Okay. I drank a lot of mojitos by a pool yesterday in the sun. I ate a lot of um, white flour. Ooh, just out of the bag? Just straight out of the bag. No, my mom, I went to my mom's house because she has a pool and with Brian and we were just like kind of sitting around all day, but she, we didn't really do anything, but she ordered this like special flower from the south called white lily that is mm. oh i've the, heard of that it's like the good baking flour yeah it's right? like the reason that um you can't make good biscuits anywhere else because their flour like in the south it's like soft wheat and mm. then everywhere else it's hard wheat or something and so all, all the regular flour in the south is like a different type of wheat or whatever so she bought this special kind of flour and she was just like making biscuits making shortbread like she was just on a flour tear so we just sort of kept like picking at this shit all day that sounds great yeah it was um that was my fourth of july so i think that plus alcohol plus sun equals i have a headache today for sure yeah i uh barely left my house yesterday good i Watched three movies, two okay. of them at my house, and then the third one at a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just didn't want to do anything. What were the, I know what the third one at oh, the yeah. theater well, was. So I saw that one too. We both saw separately Midsummer, yeah. uh, which I think we both highly recommend. Yeah, it was so good. Um, earlier in the day, I saw the new Brian De Palma movie called Domino, which is was like direct to streaming. I don't think it ever got a theatrical release. And it was fine. It wasn't as crazy as like some Brian De Palma movies, but it's basically about the war on terror. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it was, it was fun. If you like his movies, it, it's worth seeing. Okay. And then I saw an amazing documentary, which actually I'm going to talk about later in this podcast. So I won't reveal what it was, but was it from the list? Uh, no, it wasn't, but I wanted to add it to the list. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. Cause Goop did like a, like best documentaries to catch up over the summer or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about that one later. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I drank uh, a little bit. I made a couple drinks at home and then I had a beer before the movie. Uh, and then, oh, this was my 
4th of July disappointment was I was so excited to get a hot dog at the AMC. Okay. Like for, you know, 4th of July, I feel like is a hot dog holiday. Oh, yeah. I ate a hot dog. Oh, God. I'm so jealous. They were out of them by the time I got there. Oh, my God. The AMC that I went to, they were out of popcorn. Crazy. Well, and then I was like, well, they were like, we're out, out of popcorn, popcorn, but we're fixing it. And I was like, can I just buy popcorn? I'll come back and get it later. So he gave me an empty bucket and was like, you can oh, come back good. in 10 so minutes. Line again. Yeah. So then I, so then I went back and got it and whatever. And then I went back during the movie because I needed Twizzlers <laughs> or like I got, like I needed like sweet tart licorice things. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And, um, which I put inside a glass of Chardonnay. Nice. And then they got like all Chardonnay and Ooh. like frozen and cold. Anyway, I'm trash. Um, so they, uh, he was like, well, now the thing is broken. And like they were all, they, like they were having like a huge popcorn emergency at the AMC yesterday that I went to. That's even worse than a hot dog emergency. I mean, yeah. Because uh, everybody wants everyone, pop. Yeah. I mean, a hot dog is like, that's for like, I get a hot dog at the movies when I go to like the private movie theater <laughs> where like I know no one's going to see me. Like I get that at the like, you know, the like cheapo second For run sure. theater where it's like $1.50, but I wouldn't dare get one at the Sunset Five. No. Oh, in, in West Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. No, I was in Burbank, so it was like sort of appropriate to get a hot dog. And yeah. I, I literally have never ordered a hot dog at a movie before and I was so excited to do it yesterday. Yeah. Um. And I got to the front of the line. They were out. So I had to just like, I mean, I was hungry. I specifically didn't eat dinner beforehand because I knew I was going to get a hot dog. So yeah. then I ended up getting like a chicken finger combo. Oh, yeah. Which comes with curly fries and like a cookie. I've gotten the chicken fingers at the AMC before. It was fine, but it was no hot dog. But it was such a crowd. I was very self-conscious eating it. Like it was a crowded theater. And so I only ate them during the previews. And then as soon as the movie started, I like put it away. Cause Why? Because it's... If I was sitting next to someone eating chicken fingers and curly fries at a movie, I would not be happy. Why? What's the difference between that and popcorn? Because it smells, it, I don't know, it's a more intense smell, I think. Maybe I'm just being self I don't think so. I mean, I feel like anything they're selling at the concession place, like that's, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, no, that's true. Although Brian, my Brian has this like fucking thing that drives me crazy. I'm late to everything. Before I was with Brian, I would like never see the previews of any movie. I would like always go in. Oh, I've been like, to movies with you before. I know. Yeah. Like I don't like, I would just go in late. I'd be like, I'll just see the movie. And, but he wants to get there like before the lights go out. Okay. So now we always have to go like early to movies or whatever. So we've gotten to movies before, like an hour before, oh, no. two hours before because of like his various things. So like once we went to a movie and the, we fucked up and like, we got there a solid hour before the movie started. So we just like bought a bunch of food and like sat and ate like a full meal in the movie theater with the lights on and then finished and had like another several <laughs> minutes to go before we even got to play like <laughs> newbie at the movies oh, or whatever. Oh, Maria, Maria Menudos. Maria Menudos. What a star. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more towards the Brian end of the spectrum than to you. Like, yeah. we, I like to get there early. We we did get there a little too early, but we had a whole beer at the bar before the movie. And well, that's the other thing. Like, Brian would never get a beer at the movie theater with me. That's crazy. He would only get 
Diet Coke. Wow. Um, but yeah, by the time we waited online and like waited for the chicken fingers to come out of the thing, we missed 15 minutes of the previews. So, okay. which is fine. I don't like, I see so many movies that I've seen these previews 10 million times. So yeah. I don't really care about being I there. I don't care yeah. about the, especially because like I have the AMC pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I see the, so it's like the same things totally. over and over again. Uh, cool. Um, other big news, not in our lives, but in Goop. Obviously, you all know Goop had its inaugural in Goop Health over the previous weekend in London, England. Yeah. And I think it was June 29th. There was quite a lot of press, not really American press, but British press finally were getting in on the the Goop articles. Yeah, and which I'm surprised because, I mean, I guess they never had a Goop store there before, like an in Goop Health. Yeah. But... I mean, they've had Goob. Like, you could get the newsletter and, like, they shipped to London, I'm sure. I imagine, yeah. And they've had... Well, I've, they had they had a pop-up in Notting Hill, and now they've turned that one into, like, a permanent store, and now they have a second pop-up, which I guess they'll probably at some point turn into a permanent store. But, yeah, they had um, an Ingoop Health seminar. Uh Interestingly enough, it was not sold out. So I think that it wasn't. Mm-mm. Well, it was so expensive. It was like $10,000. Yeah, it was whatever 5,000 pounds is, which, yeah, I guess is like $10,000. I don't know. Uh, but there was a lot There was a lot of good coverage. There were articles in The Guardian, in The Telegraph, um, Vanity Fair, page six. Uh, oh, yeah, you read the Vanity Fair article. So let's I read the Vanity Fair one and the talk, page six one. Talk about the, um, the great quote from those ones. Oh, yeah. Well, in um the the big one that i read in vanity fair was like some uh, some attendee sent out a group text to a ton of people but she's unidentified we a don't know who it is a prominent british guest a prominent british guest texted everybody gp is an extortionist a fucking extortionist a fucking extortionist because i don't know exactly why i guess just because oh well like one of the stupid complaints is that she wasn't like hanging out with people enough that she had security around yeah, her yeah. when she was and she wasn't at every single thing she's just supposed to mingle with people she could get assassinated what the hell were they expecting yeah. like i mean i feel like this is because they're not maybe this is like an english thing where like they don't understand like celebrities don't hang out with you yeah like it doesn't matter how much you pay like your your opportunity to like meet a celebrity is basically that like you're gonna see. You're gonna be in the same room with them for five minutes, and they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, maybe there's like an organized meet and greet with security or whatever. But you're not. Yeah, you're not just gonna be able to talk to them. Like as we much don't as you have want. royalty. Okay, we don't have a queen. We well, have I, Gwyneth Paltrow, and I, that's our queen. And they should know. Like they should know their place. The whole all of English society. Literally, I went to a castle in England last year, or not a castle, you know, whatever, a palace or whatever the fuck, and. When we went down into the like servants' quarters, it's functioning, by the way. Like the wow. like the Northumberland Duchess or whatever still lives there. When you go down into the service quarter, there's a sign above it that says "Know Your Place." They know, yeah, because they're like, "You're what are you? Are you royal? Are you a servant? Are you like? Do you matter? Do you not? And you you're not going to rise above your station. Like just do do your thing in your place." So I feel like these people of all people should know. Their place. Yeah, I think that quote was probably also just about like the the actual value of spending however many thousands of pounds and like they don't realize, oh, this is for the honor of being there and you're not going to get your 
actual money's worth. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's going to be like a combination of, you know, paying for the actual hotel room, which I guess like the hotel suites cost like 1,300 pounds or something. And then they found out that they could get that for like 500 something Yeah, I think pounds. it's a 250 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah, really. But I don't think it was the same rooms. Like the Goop people got special suites and stuff. Yeah, different people got different suites. And it came with a gluten-free breakfast. Which is worth at least 750 pounds, I'm sure. Well, I mean, a Goop approved. I mean, you are eating the same breakfast allegedly as Gwyneth Paltrow. And you can pay what you will for (laughs) that. Um, So some people were not satisfied. But my favorite article out of all of the recaps I read was surprisingly at Refinery29, which is... I thought it's an American publication. It's sort of like um, like halfway between The Cut and Jezebel. It's like a women-focused sort of fashion-y, snarky. It's like some like online yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a British, um, like a British journalist that went to the London Ingoop Health and she wrote for Refinery29. And she was the only one to do like sort of a step-by-step, like this is what my day was like. Oh, okay. Which are, That's, I mean, like that was all there was yeah. when we, I mean, whatever. Um, so the first line is it's, I'm not going to do the British accent. Uh, you have to pay for our Patreon to see us do a British accent. It's 8.30 AM and I'm lost. Above me, there is a signpost. To the left, it points to the leaky gut support group. To the right is the facial cupping collective. Which way do you go? Thankfully, I'm not in Black Mirror's newest choose your own adventure film. I'm instead at the Goop, at Goop's first UK based wellness summit. Um, and then she talks about Goop a little bit, like how some people claim it's pseudoscience and goes into the fact that there was a $140,000 lawsuit against Goop. So now they've hired some lawyers. And So she's just sort of like recapping, recapping. Goop for people who like have no idea what totally. it is. Yeah. Um, she talks about how uh, there's, you know, speculative but promising for your enjoyment, rigorously tested, blah, blah, blah. Things blah. that you and I all know. We all know this. And then she says, you know, British people have generally been more skeptical of the wellness movement than Americans. As with anything that's earnest in nature, it's our nature to mock. Perhaps but that- is that true? Because do you remember that Oscar Wilde? I think it's like an Oscar Wilde story, that ghost story where um, they're living in the English manor with a ghost and the English family is scared, but the Americans are too sensible. Oh, no. I think it used to kind of be seen as the other. I don't really think that's true. Huh. And I also think like English people are way more sentimental and superstitious than American people. All right. So maybe her thesis is wrong. But I guess, I, I don't know. I, I think like... I always think of, um, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm American, but like as Americans as more gullible than, than British people take everything more just sort of off the cuff. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so then she talks about like the, 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 the different seminars, um, which are some different names than we've heard before. There was... Um, an a, English take on the an, names. Yeah, definitely. A Scottish man named Stuart Sandman, who was a pac- practitioner of breathwork. Um, then... Of course, she describes Gwyneth's look. She wears a red ruffled culotte coord and her hair and her coord? c-o-o-r-d i don't know what that means and her hair and her skin look like they've been kissed gently and favorably by the sun which of course they haven't because damaging uv rays um she talks about her interview with twiggy and she says the c-word which was shocking to everyone well that the english say the c-word every fucking five minutes when it's not technically english so i guess they were surprised oh gwyneth said the c-word yeah, yeah, yeah. oh she's just trying to fit in yeah she's trying to show that she knows what's going on twiggy was saying some director or critic or something didn't like her acting and gwyneth said oh he's a c-word um, but don't they say isn't everybody a c word why are you saying c word we can say cunt on this show you can i shouldn't say it 
I mean, you're talking if you're talking about English stuff, you can. Okay, thank you. I'll say it next time. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I uh, I f- I thought it like in England, it was just like, oh, you cunts. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. sort of like a, oh, you goofball. Yeah, I. Th- it's but I, light. I think yeah. It's I think the surprise touch. was that it was an American saying that because. Yeah, but I don't an know. American cunt, an American <laughs> c-word in London. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, then let's see. There was a facialist named Anastasia Achilleos, which I don't know about. And then, oh, and then she had to drink the Goop Jeans Marine Collagen Super Powder. Poor bitch. I know that and poor cunt. <laughs> <laughs> a woman that she interviewed said that she has them as her treats instead of eating sweets. Oh my god, it's fish! It literally, <laughs> literally. I just need to reiterate. It tastes like if you blended a filet of fish with vanilla ice cream. That mm. is what it tastes like. Do not eat it. Do not drink it. It is fish. This la- the journalist says, let's just say I'm going to stick to the sweets. Stick um, to the sweets. Except for English sweets. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that might be. I don't know. Six yeah. of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, kind of. Uh, then, yeah, t- she talks about more um, seminars. Uh a leaky gut thing, adrenal fatigue. She notes that like, this is not supported by science. No. And then she goes into, um, sort of just an overview of like women have long been guilted into thinking that luxuries are a splurge and buying things for themselves is frivolous. Uh, Luxuries are a splurge. Well, I I guess she's making the comparison that like men, well-paid men will think nothing of buying a 3000 pound TV or like jetting to Madrid for a soccer match. And she's British. So those are the examples she uses. Okay. Um, And then she talks about Elise and she definitely does not like have a glowing paragraph about what Elise looks like. She just sort of says Elise was there too. I mean, look, Elise is. No one can compare to Gwyneth. So, but it's not even just like it's. I, I just don't understand why Elise is so f- heavily featured in the Goob universe. She's like I just the chief content officer. I know, and but it's like I don't know why she's so out there. Like, why is she? Wh- like, why is she the face of Goob? Because she's making herself this, and nobody wants it. Well, I think Gwyneth wants to not have to be the face of Goop. She wants another. But why face. not Megan? I don't know that. Yeah, Megan. Megan's Jean. young. She had well. Jean doesn't want to do it. Jean is like a freelancer. She's jetting around. I think Elise is the one. She's like, I'm putting in the hours. You know, this TV show's gonna debut on Netflix in the fall, and like, you know, Elise is gonna be the face of that. So we just need to get used to. Elise. I'm not used to it. I'll never get used to Elise. I'm not used to her voice. I'm certainly not used to her face. I can't watch Elise on a TV show. Oh Ugh. God. Well, maybe if the TV show fails, then Gwyneth will take the reins back. Um, we'll see. At least has a lot riding on this show. She really does. It's. I mean, unfortunately, I'm definitely going to watch it. Oh, we're going. Yeah, we're going to have to. So that was like the the overview of the Ingoop Health Summit. I yeah. think it, for for Londoners, it's you know something new and exciting for us. I guess we've been through it before. It's old stuff. But this is also this was my favorite quote. Mm. Uh, this was I read in page six, and this was another attendee. But it sounds like it might be the same one because it's like the same kind of complaint. Probably they but said it like just one like source. Expanded. Gwyneth acts like she's a health goddess, but actually she's a pretentious, greedy extortionist. She had a ton of security. She was unapproachable. She did the minimum. A few fireside chats with Twiggy and Penelope Cruz, then put on her Birkenstocks and snuck out. I was a huge fan of Gwyneth. Now I feel like I have lost my faith in God. (laughs) That is a great quote. (laughs) That's a good quote. (laughs) Faith in God. Yeah. Well, she lost one fan, but I'm sure she gained others. Oh, she gained more. Well, I like her more now. Yeah. 
I and those British quotes. I feel like whenever you have like a, a sort of scandalous or nasty quote from a British tabloid, it's always in that voice of like, you know, how dare this woman do this? Like all the Meghan Markle coverage, I feel like that are is sort of nasty to her has that same tone of like, how dare she do something? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they're just racist, probably. Yeah. So then there was in the Evening Standard uh, a whole profile of we've talked about her before just two minutes ago Elise Lunen um and I well, you obviously don't like I won't go over this <laughs> very deeply but it just um she, she just you know talks up goop and and tries to make Gwyneth sort of more approachable and more human she compares her to like an investment banker Gwyneth is like an old school investment banker she is a very operational CEO to the point of picking subject lines so apparently Gwyneth had to like approve every email that Elise sent out up until very recently. Wait, what? Like every email that Elise sent out, she had to first send to Gwyneth to like approve the, the subject line. To to like what? To I like think, the newsletter. No, I, I assume she just meant to like internal emails. No, no. You don't think that that's true? I mean, that's insane. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's insane. I don't know. That's what it's, How, that's what she said. That's crazy. Maybe it was like just sort of company-wide emails, like the big ones. But I appara- don't know. Apparently, Elise is on her own now, and Gwyneth has, has uh, stopped being so micromanaging. I mean, if you have to, s- you can't send an email without Gwyneth Paltrow looking over your shoulder and telling you whether or not it's okay. That's nuts. Elise is a masochist. She loves it. God. She's like the sub. Yeah. Um, oh, and then Elise says this funny quote. Food is a big part of the culture. We have a really good snack situation. It's actually a very good place to gain a freshman 15. You know, if any Goop employee gained a freshman 15, they'd be out in their ass like before Friday. Oh, they would take themselves out on their <laughs> own ass. They don't want to gain 15 no. pounds. And I don't, I don't know. That seems, well, sometimes you can really overdo it with healthy snacks though. Cause you feel like it's all healthy. It's all new. Oh, you want to totally. try everything. No, I, yeah, I get it. I would definitely gain a freshman 15, but I. Minimum 15. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's it, I guess. Well, there was this other weird Mm. thing that's like not very interesting to me. It's just more of this Marvel shit. Just every week there's another one. So like. Oh, did you see Spider-Man? No. Did you? Yeah. Well, Sebastian Stan, who's the guy that plays Bucky in um, Captain America, posted a picture on Instagram at something oh paris fashion week so i guess gwyneth was really like jet setting around europe this week Mm -hmm. it was earlier this week i guess whatever anyway he posted a picture of them and he was like i got to reintroduce myself to at gwyneth paltrow for the third time he wrote in the caption and this is the quote from jezebel we are in the same film dot 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 and that's like on trending on Twitter now. Because yeah, he's she, having a laugh. Just he's like having Tom a Holland. laugh. Another one's having a laugh. They're all laughing. Wait, did she know not know Tom Holland either? Yeah, that was the other thing. Was like Tom Holland said, uh, "Oh, I didn't introduce myself to her," or like she doesn't know my name. And then she had posted that Instagram thing of like, "Oh, happy birthday to Robert Downey Jr. and this other guy." But it's obviously all a joke. But that's a joke. Yeah. But then, like, what about this? What about this? Is he joking yes, too? Yeah, yeah, it's all a joke. Everybody, okay. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this Marvel Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't know anything shit. Um, but every time it happens, people go crazy. They love it. They love it's like playing into her persona as this like out of touch above it all 
princess. But they like think it's funny. Yeah, they think it's funny. And I think that like the world thinks it's funny. I think people are turning around on Gwyneth. They are. I mean, like, because every time one of these things comes up, it's like my queen. She doesn't Mm. even know who anybody is. And then like I was I just searched her name on Twitter earlier and it was just all these like old pictures of her and people being like isn't she beautiful isn't she talented she's such a great actress and it used to just be like this fucking bitch like how dare she she's like what they're saying in england she's an extortionist (laughs) blah 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 so i mean i was i was happy to see all this like positive gwyneth coverage yeah now you know the jen gunters of the world are like in the minority yeah they are in the minority god jen gunter also (laughs) did she even go i haven't looked at her twitter like she said she was gonna go okay jen gunter so I reinstated Twitter. I got a private Twitter. I don't follow. Yeah, anybody, you can't nobody. retweet yourself. You can't retweet you if I follow you on Twitter. Yeah, That's no, I setting. don't. I have it like locked. It's not really for anybody. It's like I shouldn't probably be talking about it on a podcast. It's like really just like so I can like kind of snoop around and look sure. at stuff. But I'm not really. I don't really want it to be like a thing and it's like private and I have like eight followers and they're like all my like really close friends and like I nobody else like can follow me. <laughs> Sorry, but um, I shouldn't have said that out loud, but um, she I'll be like poking around and like looking on there and she'll just like pop up out of the blue like I'll like I'll just like find her. Do you not follow her? No, but it's like, I'll just like, and stuff that I'm just reading, there'll be like, Jen Gunter will be like, clapping back at someone or like, making a joke or like, it turns out she knows all these people. It's just, it's so annoying. Like, there's nothing I hate more than like, minding my own business and then all of a sudden Jen Gunter pops up. She is she she love i mean it's smart if you want to build your brand she like replies to everyone she replies to everyone and it's like you just keep seeing her and then oh i mean forget it if you're if you are reading about marianne williamson you're gonna run into some jen gunter shit is she anti-marianne she must be of course (laughs) she's anti-marianne she hates marianne she thinks marianne's an anti-vaxxer she thinks marianne you know she just doesn't like anybody cool um so I have a confession to make that I'll make in front of everyone. Okay. Do you know what I was listening to right before I came here? She doesn't have a podcast. She actually. doesn't have a podcast, but Marianne Williamson was interviewed on the Chapo Trap House podcast. She was. And I listened to the whole thing and I, I like her even more. I mean, guys, I don't regularly listen to Chapo um, and now I, I actually did, I'll probably unsubscribe, but I was like, maybe I should listen to this. But Marianne really, she was, she even came across better than she did at the debates, which I guess isn't saying much. Well. <laughs> but like, it was a really good interview and she came across as very like moderate and centrist compared to the Chapo guy. She is. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's not, she's not, um. I mean, she's got she's her own thing. Yeah, because she doesn't like she doesn't identify as a socialist. She says like she's honest. She's like, well, capitalism actually made me rich because of all the books I read. Yeah, or I wrote. wrote. Um, and she also reading thinks, books does not make you rich. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I actually, I wouldn't be. Let, uh, I mean, I would be losing money. But. Um, but yeah, I and oh, bi- other big news. She has technically qualified for the next debates. She has. So at least we're gonna get one more with her. The problem is 
the third debate, that's the big hurdle. Because she needs to get, for the third debate, she needs to get 120,000 signatures and she gets has to be 2% at the polls. Yeah. Which, like, even Beto is... Well, Beto, I mean, she's better than Beto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, guys, if you have any free time, <laughs> just... I don't, I'm not saying give her money, but just, like, maybe sign her, her she was, petition or whatever. She so. was tweeting. She was like, for the second one, I just need, like... She was like, just donate, even if it's just, like, $1. Yeah, she made the second one. Um, but she, she already made it, so we don't yeah. have to do anything. Although she is having a um, an event here in LA, what? and the ticket is only twenty five dollars. Really? Is it? Yes. Should we go for our next goop field trip? Is that? I um, mean, uh, I kind of twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars if it's not sold out. Yeah. Okay, we'll look into it. Yeah. Um, we just like are having a, like a little side conversation. We're just like <laughs> making plans like on this podcast. That's fine. Uh, all right, I'll save more Marianne news for our list because there's more. You have more Marianne mm-hmm. news on your list? Because there was so little in the Goop newsletter. I That's had to like, fair. add some stuff. Okay, so, fine. Well, I didn't do that, but go ahead. No, no, no. Because, well, okay, let's get into it. So there was only one. Well, there were actually two newsletters that came out this week, but like the first one was just basically a shopping list. Yeah, and the subject line was hot topic, like hot topic. Yeah. And I was like, is this funny? I put a little poll on Instagram. <laughs> like, what do you guys think? Is this funny or is this a reach? Overwhelmingly, it was a reach. Yeah, no. I got like two funny votes, but Those puns are not necessarily funny. I think funny. they're fun, but you um, know, I you have spoken and you did yeah. not like it. <laughs> did I even respond to the poll? I don't no, remember. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and then there was like the regular Monday newsletter, which was is usually a sort of the lighter one with you know an ask Gene and stuff. Um, but because Thursday fell on Independence Day, there was not like a real meaty Thursday newsletter. We didn't get a very meaty newsletter. We got a you know Independence Day newsletter, you know Independence Day week newsletter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there wasn't Ask Gene. There wasn't Ask Gene. And um, so, what was your best? Okay, my best was the five second outfit ideas, like cool. to last you through Labor Day, and. Look, of course, every single one of these five second outfit ideas, basically it's like a $300 goop label bathing suit with like a $3,000 skirt over it or something like that's (laughs) like all the outfits were. But just because it was like a nice, chill, fun type of outfit. And I'm like, I would love to do nothing but like wear a bathing suit all summer, just like wear shorts and some shitty shirt all summer. Like I'm in summer it's summertime in the city. I am dressing for summer now. I'm as casual as fuck. Yeah. I'm done. I don't care. I'm wearing shorts for the rest of my life. You're barefoot. I'm in Birkenstocks. Your Birkenstocks are right next to mine. Yeah, Not my Birkenstocks feet. are under the table. Already. That's all I'm going to wear for the rest of the summer unless I get some Tevas, Ooh. which are, I think they're like the new Birkenstock for I think, 2019. And also Crocs because my friend who's like very fashionable just bought like a pair of sort of um, like leopard print Crocs and oh. they I'd never seen Crocs that looked cool before but she I trust her like fashion sense and I don't think she would have bought them if uh, if they weren't like cool oh wow. she's very proud of them so yeah Tiva's Crocs Birkenstocks they're all great comfort and I guess Gwyneth might have been wearing Birkenstocks at the Ingoop Health Summit because people s- mention Birkenstocks but I wasn't sure if it was like a metaphorical like she is a crunchy person or she literally was wearing Birkenstocks I think she really literally was wearing Birkenstocks because yeah. people kept being like then she put her Birkenstocks back on and yeah so I guess that means it was left. literal cool uh, so my best was the ass gene and it wasn't like the best the question was just um, about you know I loved my 
toxic serums yeah. uh, for my hair that made it, sh- it shiny? Is there anything you know clean that can make my hair as shiny? Which I feel like we've maybe gotten this question before. Yeah. Um, the best was the person that Jean introduced us to okay. in answering this question. So she um, she went to like a salon to get her hair shined up, and she talks about some product that you can buy. But the person who took her to the salon is a New York stylist named Andrea Linnett, who I'd, I'd never heard of. But apparently she worked with Jean at Lucky, like in the 90s or whatever. And she, looking at her bio, she basically created 90s fashion. She she styled Kurt Cobain uh, in the famous shot with Courtney Love for Sassy. I think they were on the cover like right when they had um, Francis Bean. And she took one of her dad's old old cardigans and put it on Kurt. And that was the the picture. Oh, wow. And sassy. So really, she like started that trend. And then it says, um, she also took one look at a teenage Chloe Sevigny on the street and offered her a style intern job. Wow. So she like invented Kurt Cobain and Chloe Sevigny. She invented Chloe Sevigny. I mean, pretty much. Wow. I mean, that's Jean for you. Jean knows that person yeah. who did that. Like, and, of course she does. And now this woman, I looked at her, like she has um a style blog called I Wanna Be Her.com and she only has like a thousand followers on Instagram. So we should all follow her. I wanna be heard. Uh I wanna be her. Like I want be to be her. her. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was actually my thing I would try. Mm. Um because there was just this technique in it that I'd never heard of before where you get a towel and you wet it in warm water. So the the product is like a hair mask, like a clean hair mask from some brand, whatever. I'm not going to buy it. But you put the hair mask in, you wrap your hair in a wet towel, and then like as it starts to like lose heat, you keep reheating it with the hair dryer. Oh, yeah. It's for like 10 to 15 minutes. Which That's I've, so long. I mean, I, I mean for – I don't know, but – I just have never um, heard of that before. So you're you're wetting it with the you put well, a wet towel, wet you cover towel. your hair with a wet towel, and then that's warm water. And then like as it starts to cool down, you reheat it. Oh, so you're like blow drying it through a wet towel. But the oh, wet you towel, keep the towel on your hair is on your hair. Yeah, that is a weird technique. It's weird. I've just never heard of it huh. before. So I'm like, well, any new technique, you know, does it work? Does it not? Who cares? It's like a new thing I've never heard of before. So I feel like. I want to do it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's a mask from Rahua. Yeah. It's like 50 some duck bucks, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I use like, I like my nice toxic hair products. To keep your hair shiny? Well, or whatever the hell. It's I like a leave-in it. conditioner? Well, I have. Is that what a, ma- a hair mask is? The same as a leave-in t- conditioner? Yeah, sort of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you do. It- well, there are some. They have like, they're all different, but like. Yeah, the one that I use is like, I just do it in the shower for like, and I use it like instead of conditioner usually. Okay. And I just like, if I use it and I just like go, you keep it in for like longer than regular conditioner. Got it. Um, if I had longer hair, I would have more use for these things. Yeah. I don't even use a conditioner. Yeah, men, like a lot, like Brian uses like a two in one. Secret, I do too. <laughs> it's like a men, it's yeah. a man thing. Uh, yeah, that is one thing I've like never upgraded as far as <laughs> beauty products. Your shampoo. Yeah. I've tried, but like nothing works like a head and shoulders really I does. I hate head and shoulders. It's, I've only used it when like my shampoo, like I'm out or yeah. something and I'll be like in Brian's. I get it. But, like it's before, gross. like if I was like at Brian's house or something, I'd be like, I have to use this. 
but uh, it was just like. I know. It's like I need. My hair is just so fucked up. Like I just need so much shit for it because it's like. It's like really tangly. It gets. It's like really coarse. It's really fine. It's dyed blonde. It's like kind. It used to be really long. Now it's not that long, but it's like longer. It just has a lot of stuff going on that I need to like deal with. Yeah, I, I think can't. for me, it's like my scalp is more of an issue than my hair. And like if I don't use head and shoulders, I'll get dandruff. Yeah, because uh, I used to try. I tried to do um, Chaz Dean Wen for a while. Oh, yeah. And it like just built up so much disgusting shit in my hair because you're also supposed to use basically like 26 pumps of it and like leave it <laughs> on forever. And so it was just made my hair like an oil slick. It was so gross. And then I went back to head and shoulders and it works. All right. Yeah. Um, so my, okay. So what, what are we on your I worst? I did my bet. My worst. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my worst was the article chic new ways to break fashion rules. Oh yeah. Which was like just nothing. I mean like there was, there was almost, there was like no copy. It was just like wear big jewelry with a like but there was no, outfit. there was like no story, nothing. It was just like basically pictures and it didn't seem like particularly daring or breaking fashion rules. It just, I mean, it, everything looked nice. It was like nice outfits and expensive yeah. jewelry. But I was like, what is this? It's, they're all on vacation this week in the Hamptons. These articles were not great. No. I mean, they were all like out of office. I mean, I do love like how ballsy Goop is about basically not creating any content in the summer. <laughs> I mean, this looked like it was like pictures from like a different, like was this their photo shoot? It almost seemed like no it was idea. like from somebody, like just like an advertiser was like, can we put these pictures in Goop? And they were like, okay. Yeah. And some of the pictures didn't even really have captions. So they didn't, didn't have captions You didn't know what anything. rules they were breaking. They didn't say they were breaking any rules. It was just like these like really nice, like very like high end um, like high like fashion pictures that didn't really look like the kind of thing that's normally in Goop because Goop normally is like a little bit more like like boho, yeah, and yeah. like also more like lifestyle-y kind of. This was like a more like high fashion thing, and it was, and it just said like under it, it would just say like what the clothes are and stuff. Like in, it was kind of like when I used to work in um, wardrobe, we would do like these like. Um, like Chicago Life magazine or something okay, like yeah, that, yeah. where it'd be like these like regional magazines for like rich lady for like yeah. the Real Housewives. Yeah, Real Housewives are always on the cover on the of, cover like, of these magazines. Things, yeah. Like I used to like work for some of them. Sometimes it looked kind of like something from that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, expensive but sort of a little trashy. Yeah, like or like expensive but just like n- basic, I guess. Basic, like yeah. kind of just like yeah, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I didn't really even have my worst was just like that there wasn't much content. And I mean, I, just like the whole thing. Yeah. And I actually had to like research articles. So I would have stuff to talk about this morning. And so I spent all morning reading all these Goop in Health articles. In health, and yeah. that was just my worst that I actually had to do like some journalistic research. Journalistic research, <laughs> reading page six. Yeah. <laughs> it's a struggle. It is. Uh, so do you have a craziest or saddest? I have both actually. Mm, me too. My craziest, but then again, it's very similar. I mean, this is unfortunately, I still think going to be quick. Craziest yeah. was the article, two ways to get microdermabrasion at home, oh, which yeah. was just two facial two. peels. They, could, couldn't they at least do like five ways? Like how could you and just it's have like, two? Also like you don't get to say this is a way to get der- microdermabrasion at home. It's like you are just saying these are two peels like stop it yeah. just turn please like 
make yeah and if you're gonna make it an article like you say brian make it five, five it's gotta be least. five at least two is not a list two isn't a list two isn't an article two it's just like are you kidding me this is crazy this is madness what there were i did want them though i remember looking at them and saying yes i want them too yeah we all want them of course i want them but you can't yeah you just can't stop it too i want them and i want three more yes if we're going to click on it, give us five at a If minimum. you're going to call it an article, make it an article. Make it at least, you're right, five, that's a list. Okay. <sighs> and then the other one is my saddest, mm. which is that, unfortunately, I think it's time for them to retire the bomb yum the bombyard beauty lip and cheek tint oh which i have talked about several times mm. on this podcast i do own it it is a very dark sort of like berry hued bomb comes in a pot you can use it on your lips you can use it on your cheeks it's flattering it's nice i like it but i don't think i have opened a goop newsletter that has not had this in it like in the actual newsletter not even just when you click through yeah yeah in the entire time I've been doing this podcast. I mean, they talk about that fucking Bombyard Beauty lip and cheek tint. So it is like the Donabi of makeup, except for they have never let up on it. No, I mean, if you think of the Goop warehouse where they store all this stuff, yeah. you can fit a lot more beauty bomb things in than you can Donabis because it just takes up less space. Takes up less space. They must have thousands of them in there. They must just have thousands of Bombyard beauties. Because uh, yeah, we've definitely stopped hearing about the Donabi. I feel like the foam roller craze has slightly Although calmed down. Although the foam roller wasn't this. She, yeah, God, yeah. it's still going. But this thing, yeah. Um, we definitely, it's so obvious when they, they over manufacture but, or I mean, order this stuff. This has been going for like seriously two, really? three years. I mean, because the one that I have, I've had it probably like longer than it's like even safe to keep makeup yeah. for. Like it's like I've had it for a long time. I wish and it's fine. It's I wish like, that I they like would it, release their numbers. They're like too. they're like Netflix. I should they go public I know, with just like how many of each thing they're selling. I they, have to know. Oh, they also say in one of the articles I read, like um, Elise uh, confesses that like most people don't go to Goop to buy stuff; that they go just to like read about it which seems pretty obvious yeah but she was because they were like oh why you know everything is so like hard to afford and blah 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 and she's like yeah most people just don't buy anything there and um it's fine which i thought was an interesting confession that is an interesting but confession. she says she wants to make things more accessible which they always well, it's do just like the shipping is such a pain in the ass that's yeah. their main problem that like it's just if they made it a little bit easier to order and like their shipping was more like didn't take so long yeah. and wasn't so expensive i think i would buy more stuff off Good. totally yeah when you have when you have a lot of the same products i mean amazon is an evil evil corporation but it's easy to uh get stuff from them and it comes quickly that's right um so okay so here's my craziest and it's not from goop it's not from the newsletters it is a New York Times article about the origin story of Marianne Williamson okay. and her sort of religious conversion um, based on a book that was published in the 70s that I've heard of, but I've never read. It's called A Course in Miracles. Yeah, and my actually, my aunt, <laughs> my aunt, like two days ago, just like texted me. I'm going to read this text. Yeah, because I mean, now I want to read this book. I mean, my aunt listens, but I just thought it was so funny. She just texted me on Wednesday. That's so funny. Marianne Williamson taught from this big spiritual book slash program called The Course in Miracles, which was big when I was about your age. She filled auditoriums and also started Project Angel Food, which is no small accomplishment. Just, out, just texted me that and then nothing else. And I didn't write back yet. 
I think Marianne's so gonna funny. get to that. I 2%. think so too. People, people love, love her. her, and like older, like sort of hippie baby boomer people yeah. know her from way back. Know her from the Chorus and Miracles time, and we're just like learning about her now. But I have an experience. Sorry, mm. I. But I also, when I was in high school, got in like trouble or something, and like had to volunteer at Project Angel Food. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like I had to do community service for some reason did you have to tell AIDS patients not to take their AZT because they can no it was it wasn't like that it was like I was in the kitchen making like food because it's like it brings food to like they it's like Meals on Wheels yeah. sort of but for like people with AIDS they have ads for them before movies at the Lemley um, theaters yeah and it's um what's her face uh, Polly Perrette from NCIS oh yeah and Jesse Tyler Ferguson from uh, Modern Family they're like the spokespeople now okay yeah no well I should be a spokesperson because I had to you do you should it. so maybe it is a good charity guys Marianne she's oh, great she's great so so this New York Times it, everyone should read it it's really fascinating um it talks about uh, what well, opens up and there's like um, a debate watching party with like Marianne stands in New York uh-huh. and they like go crazy when she does her you know final statement um and then it goes back and talks about Marianne and A Course in Miracles, which was from the 60s. Uh, it says its mystical text has sold millions, been translated into two dozen languages, and attracted fans like Carlos Santana and Beyonce. Really? Uh, yeah. And this author, they interview this author um, named Mitch Horowitz of a book called Occult America. And he says, for followers, it holds out a hope that there is a greater world than the one we are experiencing, that illness, emotional torment, fear, self-doubt, prejudice are all simply illusions. Oh, my God. This is my religion now. I'm going to be in it. Wait, sorry. So, but she didn't write it. She didn't write it, but she... So, okay. So, she rose to fame in the 90s as part of a pantheon of New Age megastars. So, like Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, and Oprah Winfrey are all... They call her, they, dare, call, they call them collaborators. Dare they put Oprah in that group? They were writing Oprah's coattails. But yes. I think Marianne started before Oprah. Like maybe I'm talking about Eckhart Tolle oh, yeah, yeah, and Deepak yeah, yeah. Chopra. Give sure. me a fucking break. Yeah. Um. So it's this. It's in the um, in sort of the pantheon of uh, new American religions. So spiritualist, Mormon, Scientologist, Mormon um, and Scientologist. Come on. Uh, and so okay. it's cooler than that it is so the woman that wrote this book is named helen shukman why isn't uh, she running for president well she's, she's in her 90s oh, she's still alive apparently well so it's not stopping joe, joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and it says she was an unlikely mystic her parents were non-practicing jews and hey. she trained to become a psychologist at new york university okay. my alma mater i really relate to her so far yeah um as an adult she began having strange experiences so it's sort of like a Joseph Smith situation. She yeah. thought God was talking through her. No, seriously. Um, so, well, she, but we don't know what. Jo- well, anyway, go on. Well, uh, well, yeah, Joseph Smith is probably just like a, a charlatan. But um, in 1965, a voice addressed her. It urged her to take dictation. It, the voice said, "This is a course in miracles. Please oh my God. take notes." <gasps> and she did. But she was hesitant. Um, so she, it, with the encouragement of a colleague, she began to write the notes from the voice that she heard. She came to believe the voice belonged to Jesus. Her spirit channeling unspooled over several years, culminating in a three-volume, 1,300-page tome. It was published in 1966 uh, by the Foundation for Inner Peace. So I guess it sort of slowly... It's, it, oh, it says, it opened cryptically... Um, 
No, nothing unreal exists. Nothing real can be threatened. Herein lies the peace of God. Blah, blah, blah. So it's 1,300 pages. Wait, and so it's like Jesus told her this? Supposedly, but yeah. Jesus, but she's Jewish. Yeah, but it's... Well, so was Jesus. Well, okay. <laughs> and like, but all of these... um, Well, Joseph Smith, like, they were... They, they all thought it was Jesus or like a Christian force, right? I think most of these... I guess not Scientology. Well, the Mormons are, are yeah, like yeah, yeah. a Christian thing, but the Scientologists are not as yeah. far as, I don't know. Um, oh, she actually, okay. She died in 1981. Never mind. So okay. she's, she's not with us. Okay. Um, but the scripture slipped into New York's spiritual counterculture, attracting small pockets of questioning students. Among them was Ms. Williamson, an unmoored 20 something who had come to the city to find herself. And then it talks about, Marianne, to New York City? To New York City, okay. yeah. So uh, Ms. Williamson had spent much of her youth seeking. Born to a Jewish family in Texas, Ms. Yeah. Williamson grew up in Houston and then attended Pomona College in Los Angeles to study philosophy and theater. Uh, <laughs> I like the way you said theater. Like, yeah, and we have, to, we have to admit theater is a part of this too. Um, and then so she was seeking. She was reading Ram Dass and uh, Bhagwan Shari Rajneesh, which was... From Rajneesh, from, from Rajneesh, the... From, Wild wild, country. wild, wild country. Exactly. And then she moved to the New Mexico desert to live in a geodesic dome. Perfect. Nice. Then finally, she came to New York City where she sang cabaret in the village. Beautiful. And held temp jobs on the side. It was here at an Upper West Side house party that Ms. Williamson happened upon a copy of The Course. Okay. Um, so she remembers inspecting the surprisingly heavy book, the New Testament's New Testament style language was peculiar, especially for someone raised in a Jewish family yeah. and the prose was cryptic, blah, blah, blah. She thought it was odd, but fascinating. Then it says, time passed. Um, the course rushed back to mind. She recalled something in me said, I want that book. Oh, uh, wow. So then she read it, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, it, then it talks about how she's basically living in Iowa. She, she has a new home in Des Moines, Iowa to com- campaign and promote her latest book, A Politics of Love. Um, right. And she says, before the course, I felt like I was on a desperate journey to find God. But as much as I climbed up this huge flight of stone steps in front of a th- cathedral, my knees bloody and my elbows bloody, the cathedral door was locked. And when I read the course, I thought I understood the key. And that's her so origin story. So she's like a preacher and that's her Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Because people that believe in that really do think that this woman was like possessed by Jesus and Jesus is the one writing. It's like a, a it's like a sect of Christianity. Oh, man. See, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, maybe you haven't read A Course in Miracles yet. And you don't have to not. believe it's Jesus. I think you could believe it's anybody. Really? I think so. Yeah. It's What I'm, if I believe it's Marianne Williamson? That she... How is so, Jesus? She, that, oh, she that she told this other lady the story and then found it in another she's like, life. Oh, it's a book, but she won't admit that it's actually her, or she like didn't know it's her because yeah. it's like a spiritual her. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then it just talks a little bit more about Oprah because Oprah says after reading Ms. Williams' first book, which is called A Return to Love: Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles, Oprah says that she had experienced precisely 157 miracles. I believe that. So maybe it's better to read Marianne's book because it's probably shorter than the real one. I mean, I can't read a 1300 page. No, no way. Whoa, the microphone. Sorry, sorry. I knocked the microphone again. Uh, I keep, that's the second time I've done that on this podcast. That's all right. Um, So that was my craziest. It, in a it's, good not, way. it's not about goop, but it's just making me so that plus her interview on Chapo. Chapo's like a socialist <laughs> podcast. If you guys don't know, whatever, I'm not endorsing it, but okay. Um, but listen to her interview and and 
Yeah, let's get her to 2% so she can get to the third debate. Come on, we got to get her to the third debate. This is like, I I really do like want to be in her religion. I know. It's scary that how um, susceptible we are to these things. Oh, I'm the most susceptible to that kind of thing. Like of all of the things, like Oprah's, like any kind of like Oprah-ish, the secret-ish, like positive thinking spirituality thing, like that's the stuff that will get me. Yeah. And like I had the Oprah... Like I had the, I sent away for like a leather bound Oprah spirituality journal once that like I had to like track my like spiritual findings in like for like a a course like on her website. But you're not alone. Like obviously Oprah's very popular. And so there's there's millions of people that are into this stuff. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how far it goes. Yeah. Uh, So you would try. Oh yeah. I would try the, um, what did I say? I already said it. Oh, I would try that. The shiny hair technique. Oh, sure, right, right. Um, I would try... Okay, so here's about the, the documentaries. So this is sort of what I would try is watching the four documentaries that they... that Goop recommends to watch over the summer and then also adding two new ones that I recently watched that I want to recommend. So um, they tell us to watch... Uh, one called The Biggest Little Farm, which I heard is not that good, honestly. It's about like these rich people from LA that like decide to become farmers, but like hate regular farmers because they're not sustainable. And these are like very privileged people that are able to spend like millions of dollars on a little farm. Yeah, I could tell that from like literally the cover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's one called that I really, I'd never heard of before. I really want to watch it. It's called Cherry Grove Stories. And it's about um, Cherry Grove is a part of Fire Island, which was a big like gay enclave in the middle of the 20th century. So um, this is a documentary about Cherry Grove from like 1948 to 1972. Yeah, that one looked good to me too. Um, then we have True Justice, which I think is already on HBO. I haven't heard of it, but it's with, if you remember, um, a guy named Brian Stevenson, who's a civil rights lawyer who was on the Goop podcast back when we listened to it. Okay. Um, who talked about uh, like mass incarceration and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. forming the yeah. prison system and stuff. And, and wait, is he? did he write that book, um, he, Just Mercy? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so it's a documentary about him. So that sounds good. Oh, yeah. He was great. And then the fourth one is a new documentary about Tor- Tony Morrison called The Pieces I Am, which sounds really fascinating. Yeah. So it just goes over her life and sort of her philosophies oh, and I'd stuff. Oh, I'd like to see that. And it interviews like a lot like Oprah and a lot of people. Um, so then the other two that are not mentioned that I have watched, well, one I watched all of yesterday and the other one I've only seen like the first half, but I'm excited to watch the second half is this Brazilian documentary that's on Netflix. You can watch it right now. It's called The Edge of Democracy and it is very dark and very scary. It is about the fall of Brazilian democracy that's happened in the past few years. Yeah. And there's just, let's say, a lot of parallels yeah. which is uh, that, that that are happening here. And it's by um, a Brazilian documentarian, Petra Costa, who's a young woman in her 30s. And um, what makes the documentary, I think, accessible is she narrates it in English, even though like the footage is you know mostly in Portuguese. Uh-huh. Um, but there, basically, there was like a socialist revolution in Brazil in the 80s um, that like this woman's parents worked for and a lot of people were imprisoned um, and then this guy came to power and he had like a great approval rating and then um, he had this uh, a woman who was sort of his natural successor and then of course when the economy started tanking everyone blamed her and these people were put on trial the the socialist guy was imprisoned and now there's basically a Trump figure running Brazil. Um, Mm. so it's not 
a light documentary, but I thought it was really fascinating and um, it is in English. So that's a selling point. It, it's worth watching. Wow. And then okay. the other one I just want to recommend is also on HBO. It's called Wig and it's a document on the history of Wigstock, which was a, a drag festival that happened in New York from like the 80s through uh, the early 2000s. And so Lady Bunny is the one who... Uh, sort of narrates it and it it talks about sort of that generation of drag queens and then also sort of like a new generation of alternative mostly trans drag queens that um, are sort of taking up the mantle and these are queens that you would not find on RuPaul's Drag Race and mainstream drag culture so I think it's a, a really interesting documentary oh cool so those are my recs and that is what I would try is watch all of them okay I would try avocado butter which I tried yesterday Ooh. oh no Sorry, buy. Wait, avocado butter to put on something or to eat? No, to eat it. Okay. This is my buy. Um, Yesterday, I was at my mom's house. My mom is vegan and she has been using, she always has like different kinds of fun butters, cheese alternatives, etc. And she usually uses that like Mykonos or something, like Mikos, Miyoko's. I think I know what you're talking about. Anyway, whatever. I don't really like it. It has kind of a weird taste, but she had this avocado butter yesterday and I was putting it on, as I said, biscuits, like all the things that she was making with these like flour, with this Southern flour. And it was so good. It tasted exactly like butter. Wow. But it's made out of, and it looks exactly like butter. So it doesn't taste, it doesn't have like an avocado flavor at all? No, and it doesn't look, it's like the color of butter. That is crazy. And it's half the calories of butter. Really? Yeah. Half the calories. Half the calories. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like all... I, lo- I love butter. I love any fat. Butter. I love butter. I even like know. margarine on bread, like a country crock. I could deal with it. I could deal with it too, but I you know, prefer... It's butter. like the it's like the texture of country crock, but the flavor of butter. Wow. Really good. That's a good selling point. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing... I mean, the thing I would buy is... A Course in Miracles. Yeah, now I would buy Or that maybe too, just actually. like Marianne's shorter version of it. Yeah. Because um, 1,300 pages sounds quite daunting. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe is there like a... Yeah, I want to like Marianne Williamson just like explain it to me. Y- yeah. And then I'll believe in it. Oh, that's all we want is something to believe in. Oh my God. Yes. So guys, um, thank you. This is actually a long episode. Yeah, for a pretty shitty week in yeah. the newsletters. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully next week these Goop people are going to be back from vacation and we'll have some meteor stuff to bite yeah, into. Yeah, but don't hold your breath. Yeah, if not, there's always Marianne. There's always Marianne. She'll still be around. Yeah. Um, if you want, please. Oh, we actually, we're not going to read it today, but we got an amazing, amazing um, uh review on itunes a couple weeks ago that we haven't mentioned yeah uh by i believe her name is mona and it was one of the nicest things that um i've ever read about ourselves oh my god i didn't know that oh yeah i I just looked at it um well maybe we'll read it next week but i don't like to read because it's like it's i don't know it was so nice but okay uh, but we do like to read them on here but we'll do it next week yeah yeah. uh thank you so much so if you if you like the podcast that really helps us a lot to to write nice reviews please please review and give five stars and please write reviews because it helps um 
like I don't know it's like it helps like our name come up with algorithm or something like it more people it makes it easier to find the podcast if it's like getting reviews because we we were the number two goop podcast now we're the number three because of goop fellas fellas. because will cole let's fucking beat those guys and get back to number two yeah come on his numbers can't be that good um and then also if you want to support us uh please go to our patreon it's patreon.com slash goop yourself uh you know if you chip in a little money every month you get extra content newsletters extra podcasts um maybe we'll try to read a course in miracles or at least the synopsis of it at least the synopsis yeah uh so that's really nice also uh thank you guys for the feedback on i released um the the like preview episode of my new podcast high camp uh and it was really exciting to hear you know some of you wanted to subscribe to that so that's fun we'll have the first real episode up on tuesday with aggie hewitt yeah excited about that um anything else that's it all right we will talk to you next week Bye. bye Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.